Welcome to the Evening Gamer. I'm Taylor. And I'm Guy. And this is episode two. Episode two. Looking forward to it. We've got a lot to cover off today. We really do. Exciting episode. And I actually think that's a perfect segue into agenda. Guy, I think you got the agenda for Yes, I do have the agenda for today. So, what we're going to do is we're going to do a little segment that we're calling, correct me if I'm wrong, and after episode one, we realized we probably uh, butchered a couple of things. And so we're going to correct ourselves. Uh, a couple of friends of ours have listened to episode one and sort of helped us correct some moments. Then we're going to go into how we got into gaming. So we're sort of moving a little bit away from reviewing a game in this episode. We'll probably get back to it in episode three. But in this episode, we kind of want to give you just our backstory to how we got into it all. Yeah, no game reviews today, but certainly still talking about games. Um in depth as well. In 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 big depth, yes. And then uh, we're gonna with the topics of today. We both have a topic we've brought to the table, and uh, Taylor's got one of a game that we've both played a lot of. And then I've got one that's a bit of a game, but a bit of a move away as well. And a big prediction for you. I'm I'm going strong this week. I'm talking through Apex Legends. Bit of an intro into the game and the current grievances, uh, the state of the game, and what the playbase is saying. I'm looking forward to it and I'm going to cover off what is a topic that whenever you mention it, you often get a cacophony of people calling you a nerd, but I'm going to drop it and it's Warhammer 40k. Well, I'm going to play uh, devil's advocate there. I'm going to have a lot of questions about that because I don't know a lot about it. Um, so yeah, let's jump on in. But we've got correct me if I'm wrong and I certainly have a few corrections of my own. I, I want you to do yours first because I haven't told you what mine is and I think you're going to sort of slap your head, your forehead when I tell you. <laughs> Looking forward to that, but yeah, I um, definitely mispronounced Ghosts of Shishima. I'm pretty sure you just did it again. Oh, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Well, correct me if I'm wrong. What's it? I'm not even going to try. I've got it it sitting in front of me. Ghosts of Tsushima. I think I think you're on That's the money. That's got to be close. It's, yeah, to it, right? T T S. Yeah, it's a tough it's a tough pronunciation, but it was a hell of a game. There's an entire gaming community and. a huge group of developers right now shaking their heads. If they're listening, which they're probably not. <laughs> probably not. Because I've just done one of the biggest games of 2023. A hey, huge injustice. You know what they say? Any <laughs> any sort of popularity is good popularity. Press is good press. That's true. That's true. Even if we're talking about it in the wrong light. But yeah, perfect. Um, so my And the other... Hang on. No, the other thing is I said Lies of Pi. Listening back to season one, I said Lies... Lies of Pi, which I think is a <laughs> fucking movie. I meant Lies of P, which is the Pinocchio spin-off, the Souls game, which is what I was actually talking about. Mentioned it a few times in episode one, but yeah, made just cocked that up because episode one was raw and unedited. It was, it was. And like I, I reckon we gotta give ourselves props because we did that in one go. You know, there was no cutting we on did. that one. Yeah. We did. And I'm I kinda wanna stick to that where see see if we can roll through the episode without needing to stop. So if we if we do say things wrong, then yeah, we'll correct it in the next episode and have a laugh. Love it. Correct me if I'm wrong. Here to stay. Where All are we right. going next? Well, so I've got to do my correction. Now the 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 thing I pulled out of the hat was favorite GTA game. And I mm. rolled through each of them apart from San Andreas. Yes. We fucking skipped San Andreas. We did, but I think because the question was, I think we navigated that question in terms of where did this franchise start? What made it what it is today? But geez, to but miss we, you're San right, Andreas, we missed one of like the biggest that, titles. You know, uh, shame on me. Shame you know? on me as well. And that. I spent a lot of time playing that game. The the trials and tribulations of, what is it, CJ? You yes. Know, and, and, his, and his friends, Big Smoke. Jeez, what a game. The jetpack, you know. The, I, the thing that I really loved about that game was... It was, I reckon, the first game that was not just one city, you know, and you had to travel and drive to the next city, the planes, all the rest of it. You know, I think going back to what that question was and Rock 
star and what they've done you know that was huge game but gta 5 is still definitely my pick for just how revolutionary it was it was cj i was about to say i think we have a corrections for next week but you're bang on mate it was nailed cj it. nailed it in san andreas i'm looking at his face on my laptop right now i love that game like modding up your car and everything so oh the good. nostalgia jeez oh shit here we go again <laughs> that's, that's just what i Fantastic. remember from that game so good um all right so you were going into how we got into gaming and I want you to go first on this one. Yeah, I suppose the reason for doing this is to kind of show you, dear listener, that we're not just... I know that we said this is a podcast for everyone and it certainly is, bumper jumpers to sweats, but we certainly want to you know, let you know that we're across the community. We're not just spitting you know, bullshit here. We know what we're talking about. Maybe a little bit. Maybe, oh, there's definitely a lot, of, a lot of shit talk, there's no doubt. But mate, my gaming journey is a long one. I Like I played game boy pockets when i was a kid like so i have um quite a long list of things that i've done but yeah in terms of gaming as we know it today on a console on a gaming monitor really started for me back on ps2 i remember playing this game called gauntlet dark legacy that's probably the first taste of co-op that i got um from then you know we're talking post 2010 went on to the xbox 360 which was a huge launch i feel like that's when the gaming community really exploded like a lot of people were like i'm gonna get this Online gaming was just becoming the thing it was. Like multiplayer was shooting for the skies. It was getting huge. And I uh, found myself playing competitively in Modern Warfare 2. For Search and Destroy, I was actually in a clan called Repulse. There you go. So that's how sweaty I go back (laughs) in terms of being a sweaty teenager in a room playing Search and Destroy on mic with randoms around Australia in a a competition. Um, Yeah, but I also have experience in RPGs, so role-playing games. And I also even played the launch of Minecraft on M&K. Wow. There um, you go. So, you know, when it comes to FPS, first-person shooters, role-play games, even, you know, shooter looter or fucking what's the category you put Minecraft in? It's it's a it's a it's block a, builder, uh, yeah, essentially. Uh, um, but yeah, I'm well across it from Fortnite. I was a huge COD guy, as I've just told you. So Minecraft and yeah, the few of the biggest games that stick out for me are things like Halo, Halo 1, 2, 3, and then the launch of 4. Um, even played ODST and all those types of things. So there are a few memorable games from, from my past, but yeah, I've been at this for a while, mate, which is yeah. why I've decided to talk about it on a mic with you. Yes, exactly. One question I've got for you. So w- what's your relationship like with gaming at the minute? Like how, how much time are you spend in gaming? You know, what, what, what are you playing on? Yeah, it's, it's a good question. Ga- gaming's a hobby for me that has shone through and overtaken a lot of other hobbies, especially as you get older and you start work and you're like, what am I going to fucking spend my time doing? Yeah, 100%. And when I have a bit of time, after work or even sometimes on lunch breaks. I hope none of my bosses ever listen to this, <laughs> but I'll definitely jump on and I'll, I'll I'll play whatever game I'm playing. I'm a very ear-to-the-floor gamer, yeah. hugely ear-to-the-floor gamer. Like, as, as I said, I played the launch of Minecraft, so I'll give most titles a whack. That's, that's kind of my relationship with it. I'll download something and I'll give it a couple of hours before I really decide if it's a game for me. And, you know, through that, I have a huge plethora of games I've played. Yeah, I think we differ in a little bit like that with you sort of giving a game a chance. Whereas for me, it's like, I'll only play the game if I've heard good things, if it, you know, it ticks a lot of my boxes, you know, watch the trailer, watch some gameplay, and then I'll, I'll buy in or, you know, put my money where my mouth is. But even then, when I start playing, if I don't like it, I'm out. Yeah. I'm not wasting my time on it. You're like that in everything in life. Though. Yeah, I am a bit. I know. Try trying to get you to watch a pilot of a TV show sometimes is fucking painful. I <laughs> remember <laughs> recommending <laughs> Hannibal to you eight times, and I don't think you've watched it yet. I watched a little bit of it. Yeah, I watched see, a little there bit. There you of go. It. You threw you threw it out the bath. <laughs> you threw the baby out the bathwater on that one. Fuck <laughs> it. After thirty minutes. I'm not sure if we should talk about <laughs> babies with Hannibal. That's not bad um, though. It means everything you've played is probably quality and sits within your 
yeah. like aligns with what you like. Which is yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I'm I'm a firm believer in I don't waste time with anything that isn't quality. Um, so my foray into the gaming world was uh, all the way back in 1998, and my dad bought a gaming PC magazine, Ooh, and in it came a demo for Half Life One. He put it on his computer, tried to give it a go, could not make heads and tails of it. Gave it to my older brother and was like, "Have a play of this." So as what was I seven, eight at the time? I watched over my brother's shoulder as he played that game. The head crabs, the zombies, the major bosses. It gave me nightmares, you know, and and pretty much probably scarred young me. Yeah, I think every younger brother has those painful thoughts of having to wait for the controller to be passed to oh, you as well. I didn't even want it, man. I was yeah. just watching him play on the computer over his shoulder on his laptop, his Toshiba laptop. I enjoy, I, yeah. I loved it. It was great watching. Um, give but me a go, like eventually I did play it, and I mean, you know, it is a game of all time. Everyone's waiting for Half Life Three, you know, and then I sort of dipped my toe into StarCraft, Age of Empires. Um, and a game I'll chat about a little bit later when I get to my topic is Dawn of War uh, 1, which yes. was sort of around that time, which I played a little bit of. Um, but yeah, so my, my relationship with gaming is similar to T, hence why we call it the evening gamer is just in the evening, sort of an hour or two here or there. I never sort of sacri- sacrifice sort of real life yeah. to prioritize gaming, you know, so on a weekend I might play it a little bit. So it's why it's so important to me to only play the best you know, and I, I won't 100% a game unless it is literally the best. What's the saying these days in the gaming community? Touch grass. So, have you ever heard that? that no, what is mate, that? Sometimes when I'm playing Apex and your wiper squad, someone will message me like, touch grass, idiot. And you're like, okay. Oh. So I guess what I'm trying to say is we're both... <laughs> yeah, big, get outside, yeah. son. We're both big gamers, but we still uh, still have a ongoing a relationship a with, with grass, yeah. I suppose. Yeah, yeah, agreed. You know, I always have a game on the go. Um, you know, and I, th- I think it's just, yeah, it's a, it's a hobby. It's a fun hobby for us. Absolutely. I fully agree. Well, should we um, pivot and, and get into today's games? Yeah, mate. I'm, I'm really excited to hear you talk about Apex. Yeah, definitely. It's been part of our gaming repertoire, a word that you love to say for, <laughs> for quite some time. Not sure if I use it correctly. <laughs> um, and as I said, I'm going to, um, I'm really just going to cover off Apex Legends because as I said, season 20 is coming out. I'll do patch notes in a separate episode for five or 10 minutes later this week. But for now, everything Apex. Um, so Apex Legends, it's uh, a game created by Respawn. Now Respawn were a couple of guys that were part of EA, branched out, almost franchised their own company to start making their games and they actually came out with Titanfall, which was one of their first titles. Now we're not talking about that today, but that's essentially the caliber of gaming developers that came out with this Battle Royale. Um, dropped on February tw- or in February 2019. Now Apex Legends is a Battle Royale at heart, but it's always been about strategy. And it's arguably the biggest point of difference that Apex has over the Battle Royale market at the moment. At the heart of Apex Legends is still a Battle Royale consisting of trios where three players choose from 25 different legends without overlapping each other. And as I said, they really changed up um, how Battle Royales did everything because this multiplayer game relies heavily on teamwork. What we know about Battle Royales is that it's, it's kind of changed the... I'm playing Fortnite, um, let's drop in and not really know where we're at or what we're doing. So they've changed that a lot, really pivoted towards having a very heavy teamwork-based battle royale. So a little bit about the structure of the game. Um, Each legend falls within a specific class. Uh, They consist of Assault, Controller, Support, Recon or Skirmisher, offering different tactical and ultimate abilities to their teammates, which they can call on in-game. 
for me, this game did this perfectly. Um, and another thing they did fantastically was actually integrate an incredible ping system, which allowed people to communicate effectively in the game without being in a party, which was, again, another huge point of difference. It, it really kind of tackles that when I play with random players, they just run off, they die, I'm by myself kind of thing. Um, how they did this were a few ways. They brought in a jump master system, which is where you're kind of tied to other members in your team when dropping into a match. Um, they also integrated a, a resurrection respawn system, which allows down players to re-enter the game after death, which was a huge selling point to me. Like playing Fortnite and I get fucking sniped from 100 yards out and then I'm just killed while down and spectating the rest of my friends that are playing the game it was kind of like that was a huge plus walking into apex legends it's like you can actually be after death you can come back into this game you're reintegrated into this game it's really and, great and it like forces that. that your teammates to then tactically have to go find the res point to get you in and changing the narrative of the game they're playing which is ingenious yeah absolutely it's a, don't get me wrong it's still stressful trying to you know res your teammates but it's possible and that's what adds to the, the moment of this game as, as opposed to like or the caliber of this game, rather, as opposed to like your teammates running off just to survive and trying to win the game, often they'll pivot to trying to get your death box and actually take you to a respawn point and get you back in the game. So often, if you get downed, your team will probably go out as a squad shortly after because they're yeah. desperately trying to get you back into the game because it relies so heavily on teamwork. Oh, yeah. I mean, a, you know, a 3v2, 3v1, you know, it, we all had clips where you nail a, one of those situations where you're the one and you're absolutely buzzing with yourself and pulling that off. Um, I, th I think, you know, that game as compared to the sort of the Fortnite, Call of Duty tactics, you know, was everything. And I think they really broke ground a lot of really good ideas. Definitely. And season 20 is getting a fresh look. So whether you're a seasoned Apex player, you're brand new to it right now, listening, going, maybe I'll give that a go. In the next week or so is the perfect time to re-download this game if you haven't played it in a while or if you've never given it a go to jump on in and give it a go because I've recommended Apex Legends to four people and every single one of them still play to it to this day and sometimes it's the only game they actually play. Who recommended it to you? Oh, that was you, man. <laughs> oh, no, hang on. Hang on. That wasn't a recommendation. That was either the floor because you heard that it was, was dropping and was. you were like... At we did. Time, we played it together for the first time. I'm pretty sure. I think we jumped in together, we and did. it was it, me and you played it a fair a little bit, and then I think your your bro got into it, and the three of us ran a trio for years for, for a good two years. Apex took up our gaming lives, really and I didn't did. play a lot else at the time, and really enjoyed it. But I think I dropped out. I think season I don't know what it was. Horizon was not long into the game, and just I don't know it. Yeah. it lost its appeal. I um, think that was season seven and season eight. Well, I, I want to get into the grievances about it and the yes. current state of the game as well i do want to unpack that because i think we're going to have a lot of things to say that are going to resonate with current players but just a little bit more again coming back to if you're a new player thinking about this it's a perfect time to get in because it's getting a fresh look now currently there are four maps in apex and all a lot of the other brs have one so you kind of get a lot of variety with this game um, there's a wide variety of game modes and gun progression as well so it's very heavily goal orientated uh, they also do things like Team Deathmatch and now be part of the franchise. And they also have spin-offs of the old COD domination and Capture the Flag. So there's, it, it's not just the BR point of this either. There's a lot of progression to be had outside of the kind of die, get back in the lobby, rinse and go again. So there's a lot of flexibility in the Apex community at the minute. Fair. So let's get into the grievances. Well, do you want me to go first or I, do you want to go I first? I want you to go first because I've played Apex. Look, there's only a few seasons here and there that I didn't pick it up that much. Yeah, because I was playing other games or other things were taking up my time. 
Um, but I certainly have my own grievances. But I want to start off with a question for you: Is why did you put it down, and why has it not kind of come back you, into the fold? Yeah, like convinced you to come back. Yeah. So the, uh, there's two reasons for that. So the first one is it kind of got a little bit whack with all the numerous legends and and hard, how hard the grind was at times. Like I felt like it was taking up sort of all my gaming time, and there was other games that I wanted to devote time to that I wanted to play and then the other element about it was just the it's so hard to have three mates with the same free time at the same time be able to play that game and I don't want to play it with a thumb or a random third who if you get downed is abusing the shit out of you that is to me not enjoyment you know and it kind of ruined the element of it so if it was sort of me you and your bro running it sure I'll switch it back on and I have a play but he's fucking currently on a year and a half long trip so we haven't seen him for a while (laughs) and yeah it kind of comes back to like do you think that having a battle royale that is so heavily centered around communication and around teamwork in you know like a case of yours where it's like if i can't keep up i can't play it do you reckon that's done them do you reckon that's hurt them more than it's helped this franchise is that why sometimes we say apex is just clinging to life at the moment because maybe a lot of the gaming community would resonate with you that i can't play this game solo because i don't have yeah i haven't spent uh, enough time to have the skills to carry myself and if my mates aren't on then i fucking yeah it's notorious for having a really steep learning curve it's it's a tough game you've got to be very switched on and and sort of constantly alert um, and, and I, for that reason, is why we probably played it for as long as we did because to me, it was the first game that I'd ever played where actually talking and conversing with your mates tactically mattered. Every game I've ever played before, even fucking Halo, like co-op back in the day, sure, it was like you're both running cover and stuff like that, but never to the point where it's like, we've got to fucking talk about this. Like, you've got to be communicating, and if your communication is off, or you've got a third who isn't even talking, then you've already, your enemy have a leg up on you, and you're done. Yeah, 100%. And I think as well, is it's kind of like a vicious cycle at the moment where if a lot of gamers feel how you feel and they're not playing it, it kind of dwindles even more because then things like matchmaking, which I think is something that Apex has struggled with a lot and and has never fully gotten it right, become worse and worse because there's not as many players playing. So you either have to play well above your skill level or fuck, I've never played below my skill level. I'm just (laughs) dripping sweat every time I jump on that fucking (laughs) game. But yeah, it's 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 it, it's a game that needs a very large player base for it to be enjoyable. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, you know, that's why they track popularity. How many concurrent players are playing a game? You know, I, I'd be very curious to know if Apex is in the top three, in the top ten at the moment. You know, my feeling is it's dropped off a little bit, and probably hence why they're doing such a revolutionary change with this next season. Definitely. And the one thing I think that Apex could learn from, especially um, COD. Um, what the f- what is that battle what is the what COD f- battle royale called uh jeez for some reason I can't get modern warfare out of my head but that's obviously not what it's called um fuck it we'll come Warzone. back Warzone Warzone thank you I don't know hell. how that escaped me for a moment I haven't played Warzone in a while um but I think something Apex could learn from Warzone is that everyone drops in with a gun mm. in Apex you, you fucking don't and a, a grievance I've had with Apex for almost the entirety of this game being playable is that is the rng which is a 
abbreviation for random number generator, but a mm. typical gaming term to say that the game isn't giving me the luck that I need to actually be competitive when I drop into a game. It's like you hit a building and there's just nothing there and the building over that another team landed in has yeah. all the fucking there's that, that shit. favorite famous clip of that person dropping and all they're finding is attachments and med kits and all the rest of yeah. it. It's just like, how many times? And it's crazy. Their RNG thing doesn't look after you a lot of the time when you jump yeah. in and it's like that team wasn't better than me I just didn't have a fighting chance with a fucking hand grenade like, yeah I, mean, I hear what you're saying and there's no doubt that's a fair grievance I think I mean, the flip side of that if I play devil's advocate on it is I love the fact that because of the RNG you have to be good at all the guns and all the guns are such a variety so different to you pick up from you know a triple take versus you know what well, well, fuck I'm struggling with the names a devotion yeah. you know like how yeah. you run those guns is so different how you play the game Game, you know whether you're running in hot or pulling back you know i think that actually is a plus in its corner but it can be infuriating and you're back in the lobby real fucking quick before you get in his attachments again great game maybe that's something that's worked against them that respawn kind of said you want to get good at this if you want to play within your own skill level and it's kind of dog shit and whatever fine but if you want to get good at this you need to put in the time and that's why they brought in the firing range i think it's the only br that has a firing range or at least they invented it yeah where you can actually just spend time by yourself shooting we, targets. we, we played that game before they had the firing range and i remember season zero whatever the fuck it was when we dropped in there literally looking at the ground going why is this extended mag not attaching to my fucking gun yeah and it's a different shape <laughs> you just, yeah, you, you just get falcon you, while you're there actually crazy how much extra gaming you do in that game than just run around and shoot people and kill people. Yeah, there was like, like there was the minimal tutorial. Oh yeah. man, it was yeah that that game early doors was some of the, my fondest memories of uh, of gaming. To be fair, yeah, this game needs gamers for it to be good, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna deviate from that from that um, opinion. Um, also, one thing that do you know much about the reputation of EA? Uh, yeah, a little bit. I mean, they're monetizing the shit out of stuff and, and, you know, they fork out the same old Cash game. grab yeah. fucking central. And Respawn is a subsidiary of, of, of EA. Yeah, right. There you go. Um, and you can see that toxic part of EA come into this game more and more, especially when it grew in popularity from seasons 8 to 14, where it was like oh, really like... And they started making billions and they didn't just rest on their laurels. They fucking kept going, which was spend money, here's new skins, yeah. get heirlooms to get different equipment. And it did really become a bit of a piss take. Like yeah. there, there are some seasons I mean, yeah. where it's like, hey, if you want this thing, it's 200 bucks. And you're like, what? Yeah. Like, no, I yeah. know it's a free to play BR, but I've certainly spent more than my money's worth on playing a free game just because sometimes there are paywalls. Yeah, no, for sure. And I'm, you know, not to get political, but geez, the the sort of that kind of behavior, you know, when you've got these young kids who sort of got daddy's credit card, mummy's credit card, and they just whack it down and buy all these bloody fucking skins, which are what tokenized, you don't own it, it'll disappear. You know, it's it's dodgy as fuck. Yeah, and like I think speaking as a gamer to gamers, gamers like good games. We don't like good business models. Yeah. You know, and it's a very successful business model, don't get me wrong. They've that they've done incredible work with it but i think at some point you need to remember that most people are evening gamers that are playing this and they don't want to drop a pretty penny on fucking looking the part to play it yeah i mean you know we're not all fucking streamers you know and it's not our full-time jobs you know and and with the, the the money that they spend on these fucking skins why don't you make the game better a hundred percent and like i can't 
I can't actually sit here and not say that I haven't tweeted them. (laughs) (laughs) Have they responded? Oh, no. Oh, I got this one guy responding who was like part of their support team once. He was like, come on, mate. Don't come in here with that. I was like, if you're going to ask me for a couple of 50 stacks to play the game, I'm going to come back here with some fucking notes, You keyboard warrior, you. (laughs) I didn't keyboard warrior, but I remember this one time there was an LTM, a limited time mode. Um, and they allowed you to accrue in-game currency. And then when they f- when the LTM finished, the, the limited time mode finished, they took that currency away and didn't convert it into anything else in-game. They were just like, all the hours you put into this LTM, go fuck yourself. And it's like, come on, man. Like, you're five <laughs> years down the line. These gamers have funded your billion-dollar empire respawn. Why don't you just give them 2,000 fucking dill points so they can buy a couple of skins? Like, what are you doing? I, l- I love the idea of like you go to Bali and you come back with all this currency and you can't do shit with it. Yeah, <laughs> That's yeah, basically like, what they've done to you. Yeah, and I don't know. For me, it's like I've, I've had a shit ton of fun in this game. I know that we're shitting on it right now. Like, yeah. I, every time I'm done with Apex, I pick it back up. And that's why I still say right now, if you haven't tried it out, try it out. You'll, and especially if you've got a couple yeah. of mates that I, are into I feel it as well, like, you'll love it. Yeah, 100%. And their, their core gunplay is just, it is, it is. I, I still feel it's the best. I mean, not that I've ever given Warzone much time, but like it just feels like the drop shots and the, the speed in Warzone, the hacking, I feel like they're a bit worse on hacking. Whereas on MK, Apex, yeah. Apex is, you know, it was always tight. It was always really good gunplay, you know, and you sort of really felt you had to earn your kills. Yeah, and it is a laugh, but um, again, that's that's what I'm saying is, is season 20, there's a fresh new look. I think it's really going to change the meta of the game and it's going to go back to its teamwork, strategy, meta kind of feel, flow and look. So I think that over the next week is a good time to download this game and just give it a go, even if it's just for pleasing me so I can get a couple of fucking <laughs> games on the city so for what? You can actually fight some people. <laughs> yeah. So do you think this, this season is going to put it back on top or back on the map? Oh, I think it's hard to say back on top. Like, I mean, it, it's difficult to know. BRs, BRs, for some reason, just stay around, which is crazy to me. I, like, you, you expect these games to run their natural curve and then kind of die, but they don't. Like, yeah. we're still at the PUBGs. We're still I'm amazed Fortnite. it's stuck around as long as it has. We've still got the COD um, Warzone that's still kicking. I don't know if it's going to put it back on top, yeah. But I think that the, from what I've read of the patch notes, and again, I'll cover it later on, but there's a lot of changes that um, for me are going to make this a lot better. Um, hopefully bring a lot of players that put this down after season 12 back to the game. And I just want it to get back to where it was. And maybe it doesn't Fair. happen, but at least they have a commitment aside from trying to rob you. <laughs> they have a commitment to actually taking it back to a very enjoyable playing Okay. Fair assessment. And I, I think we should give a disclaimer here. If if T is recommending people to jump back on this game, uh, we haven't taken any money from EA. Um, would we? Maybe. Yeah, that's the other thing is how how quickly would my vanity eat my own Yeah, words? I know, I know. <laughs> if we, let's try, see how long we can last of being like, this is our opinion and we're never taking money of a Episode three, I'm just giving a scripted, written fucking <laughs> announcement, like public service announcement of what I have to say. Just, we're going to turn into IGN or whatever and go like, yeah, for $10,000, this is a 10 out of 10 game. We're in court for defamation. <laughs> obviously, we don't have, obviously, that's, that's, obviously, we're, we're pumping <laughs> up our entire How much is our reputation yeah. worth, Taylor? <laughs> we're pumping up our entire here, but... Yeah, um, season 20 is coming out. I'll cover the patch notes, but just wanted to get across uh, w- what it kind of is for new players yeah. if you don't know anything about it. And hopefully a couple of those grievances that we just said resonate with you. And, and I think season 20 is going to solve a lot of them. Done. 
Um, should we move to my topic? Yeah, let's um, do it because um, I know I know your your topic's quite deep today, and I've got some questions. It's a, it's a little bit. It's a little bit. And so you said you, you said you've got a, a potential prediction. At I the do end have of this a, I do have well. a prediction. I'm going to save it to the end. I think some people might sort of know where I'm heading with this. So Warhammer 40k. Everybody's kind of got a, a, at least some idea of what this is, you know, what it is. So, you know, created by Games Workshop, 1987, been around a long, long time. Everybody's got one of those Games Workshops, you know, stores near them. You always look in and go, look at those nerds playing with the little miniature well, thingies. Is Warhammer the one where you can also paint the figurines? Oh, and yeah. Stuff? Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. you know, a huge part of it. Yeah. 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 One of my old roommates was super into this. So yeah. I think so it's, it's got a bit of a cult following. Oh, I mean, it is a huge cult following. Like, it is, you know, I, I know there's probably a few people if they're listening to this and me calling them nerds are just going, like, how dare you? But, you know, it, it, it's, it's, you know, it is what it is. So, tabletop, miniature war game. Um, I got into it via my brother. You know, we, I sort of ran Space Wolves, did a bit of Necrons, you know, and sort of, I remember I killed a plant by pouring out some water once and my parents have never forgiven me. Um, but, yeah, so Warhammer 40K, been around a long time. And so, one of the early games, 2004, Dawn of War 1. Now, I showed Taylor the, the trailer for that game, and I think it still holds up to this day, you know, which is fantastic. And it was a really good game. Um, you know, it's a fantastic game. Recently, an article came out by, uh, what was it? It was sort of, I don't know, some magazine, PC Gamer magazine, ranked all the Warhammer games. There's 48 entries of um, Warhammer 40K lore video games. Dawn of War 1 was number one on the list. And it had two DLCs, Winter Assault, Soulstorm, wow. sort of real-time strategy. This this was a natural progression for me of sort of Age of Empires, you know, and Starcraft kind of thing. And it was it was a great game, great game. A few years later, Dawn of War 2 came out, 2009, same company. Switched up to a bit of a squad, kind of top-down, like not as much sort of uh, base building. Um, and that was number six, I think, on their list. Um, of these sort of Warhammer 40k games. And then a few years after that, 2017, Dawn of War 3 came out and that was 41 on the list. So okay. it had really dropped off the the pale. Yeah. Um, and sort of attempted to bridge the divide between the first two games and kind of just got left in no man's land. Do you think that that speaks to the quality of the games or just the competitive nature of gaming at that time? Like if you think about these massive companies that came out and started releasing games like, you know, like the rock stars were always mentioning that company, but yeah. they had all these, you got to pick your games as, a, as an evening gamer. You do, you do. But I think there's like, you know, there's enough people out there who are sort of interested in these things that they'll give them a go. And like these things spread like wildfire. Like I remember when Elden Ring came out, you know, I was pretty disinterested. I hadn't played any of the, the dark souls or whatever. And you and Kyle were chatting so much about it. I felt obligated, you know? And so some of these games, they end, they start on the fringe of what is pop culture. And then through sheer word of mouth and quality they enter sort of mainstream yeah yeah so you mentioned what the warhammer 3 there yes so then uh there was another game that was number three on their list called space marine uh and that came out in 2011 which was sort of very gears of war-esque i really enjoyed playing it back then and the reason why i'm chatting about it is this year space marine 2 is coming out um i showed taylor the trailer for that as a tongue twister you did we'll put that in the uh the show notes to the link to that trailer because it looks pretty polished and, it looks and it's, tight and you know what i like about it is it looks like it has a really good cinematic experience which oh, i yeah. think is becoming a huge part of gaming oh like, man it, it looks fantastic and sort of you're playing as a space marine you've got your chainsaw and you're just ripping these aliens apart and there's blood and guts it's a very dark universe um, but one that's you know sort of rife to be to be mined for stories and and has been for years um but 
sort of heading towards this prediction. So many people probably know that Henry Cavill is a big Warhammer nerd. He loves it. He's talked about it a lot. Uh, He has recently signed with Amazon to do a television show, possibly two, possibly a movie. Now, Henry Cavill, 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 has, I've butchered that, we'll we'll fix that up in the next (laughs) one. I'm not his biggest fan, by the way, so Uh, that is not a selling point. I am, I am. So, he he did Witcher 3 and he, I think he pretty much not lost a job or left the job purely because he hated the fact of how they didn't really stick to the books and they kind of went off on their own kind of tangent and that annoyed him a lot. So, he, as a big Warhammer 40k guy, is now going to be exec producing on this TV show and movie fully invested into it you know Amazon's got a lot of money behind them they did the sort of that Lord of the Rings sort of thing and I think they're looking for their their Game of Thrones they're looking for their thing that they can hang their hat on and my prediction is if this TV show lands we're going to start hearing a hell of a lot more about Warhammer and it is going to start entering full mainstream everybody's going to know about this thing wow that's a big prediction, especially considering what's on the menu for 2024 and 2025. So I'm, I'm, I'm talking, you know, this, I know it's the evening game of, and, you know, a lot of games have sort of been in this universe and it's sort of why I think it's of a similar topic, but this, this will land and, and sort of make its mark on sort of society and pop culture, you know, if the show's good. I'll give that caveat. I'm not hanging my hat on it, you know, but if with the money behind it and a guy who's fully invested in it and it's his, it's his heart project, you know, his soul's on this, then I think it will be fantastic and we'll be hearing a lot more about this sort of uh, gaming thing. Nice. Alrighty, questions from a hat. Shall yeah, we? one each. Here we go. Here is yours. Yeah, I like that. One each. One each. Okay. Keep it nice and tight. Let's see what we got here. Favorite protagonist. What are you thinking? Oh, shit. Right on the spot. This is a great question. And I think I actually have. I think I, it, it's the first one that came to mind, so I'm just going to run with it. Link from Zelda. There you go. Yeah. The reason being is... Like that this, especially the franchise of The Legend of Zelda, has one of the most powerful protagonists that's never said a fucking word. True. He yeah. has never said a word apart from, hey, uh, when he hits his fucking sword. <laughs> like, that's what? all you hear that's from him. That's a hell of an That's all you hear from him, those, those anime kind of sounds. But it's, a, it's, it's something that goes back, I mean, Ocarina of Time, when did that come out? 98? Like, I think yeah. it was still in circa yeah. 2000. So I'm going to have to say Link because... It's a character that you know so deeply, so well. You know his story. He's a child of the forest. He's overcome all these different bosses. He's had a he's had an ongoing, very toxic relationship with Ganondorf for yep. for a couple of decades now, and he's never said a word. You know what my beef with Link is? Go on. Where's the fucking character development? What, this guy has gone through hell and back. And he's still a little kid with a green little hat. He's still simping over Zelda. He hasn't <laughs> yeah. walked away. Come well, on, bro. Actually, to be fair, he's the swordsman. So he's kind of like the Queen's guard. So he can't just up and leave. He might get hanged. But, okay. um, I mean, there's tons of character development. In Ocarina of Time, he goes from being a child to a teenager and he gets a master sword. To me, that's character development. I, and you we know spoke what? about this in the last episode that sometimes the NPCs that they come into contact with are a huge part of their character development. Fair, fair. Um, the only thing that I'll agree with is that in, in Zelda games, you typically don't get like uh, choose A or B. 
you know, yeah. choose this path or the next path. Um, uh, is it, Nintendo as a whole and um, Game Freak and whoever was behind the Link Zelda series has very has kept it very one way, which is yeah. I'll agree with you there. But he's my favorite protagonist. I want to see Nintendo sure. do a God of War to Link, where he basically turns up some grizzled, bearded, tatted up dude. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in the latest, he's got to sleep, so they're kind of going that way. I'll take that. I'll take that. Um, okay, so my favorite protagonist. Uh, I'm going to go with Commander Shepard from the okay. Mass Effect trilogy. Nice. I'm familiar. Um, I actually am, yeah. Yeah, I've, I've tried really hard to persuade a few people to get into that game because the Legendary Edition came out and I think they're going to bring it back and do a Mass Effect 4. I know Andromeda was pretty shit, so I'm hoping to see a return of our favorite Commander Shepard. Shepard? Shepard? Shepard. <laughs> Shepard. Uh, N7, here we go. Yeah. Nice one. Love that. All right, here's yours. Drawing from the hat now. All right. Look at the rustle of paper. Uh, biggest disappointment of 2023. Biggest disappointment of 2023. Goodness me. I'm trying to think of the games that came out last year that I really pied off. It's got to be Diablo 4. Has to be. There is no other game that comes to mind as the biggest disappointment than Diablo 4. Yeah. And I kind of see what you mean because that had a huge launch, a lot of noise Massive around it, launch. and I haven't heard a word of it since. If you're buying billboards on the sides of buses and no one's now playing that game, that's a flop. In fact, you even turned to me at one point. I was like, I'm thinking of giving that a crack. And you're like, don't. Yeah, I know. I, I sort of I played Diablo 2 back in the day. Another favorite memory of mine getting into that playing on PC. And this game came out, hyped for it. I even did Diablo 3 a few years back in the day I sort of went back and played I didn't play it on launch but Diablo 4 I was hyped for it looked like it was back to its greatest sort of Diablo 2 nostalgia and fuck me it was I played it played it through once never touched it again I didn't have a desire to go back and play different characters you know there was the the co-op I didn't really want to play it with a mate I just it's like they they recreated it but still didn't nail it which is wild. Like I think the where it fell down is it didn't follow the rest of the the, the gaming industry in RNG. The map was locked. You went everywhere. You did everything. You beat all the bosses, and the only thing after that was to do it fucking again. Yeah, like no no autonomy to the gamer. Like, do you think as well that those bird's eye view games are gonna just fall out completely now? I I have a feeling that like yeah, RNG. I said it in the last episode is is a bit of a fucking hack. If your game isn't utilizing that as a feature in your game, then you are one and done. If DLC came out, would you play it? Yes or no? I mean, they're doing seasons, and I I, I don't have an interest. You know, like for me, there's a constant ranking in my brain of the games I want to play, and that one is not even in the conversation. Yeah, well, there you go. That's the biggest I think statement that a gamer can make. It's like the DLC comes out. going to have to be hugely persuaded says that the base game was not where it needed to be yep yeah for sure i mean you know it's it's no cyberpunk with um the phantom whatever the hell the dlc was on that one that was worth picking back up but yeah just diablo diablo 4 biggest disappointment 2023 no doubt i hear you i hear you mine starfield starfield yeah 100 percent. not because it was a shit game i played and i thought this is fun sure but then i was like no man's sky did this better yeah it's just so much better and like you were trapped in certain ways the game wanted you to do things where it's like they didn't spend time and like how annoying was it in starfield you'd just fly past a random planet and in- inherit all of its missions you know i can't even find what fucking missions i'm doing the missions <laughs> for me just i think that game had huge potential they dropped the ball on things like creating a base and crafting your own home planet and stuff like that that no man's sky for me is doing better continuously doing much better and i would choose no man's sky over that game 
every day of the week, huge disappointment. I um, Not that I want to give two big predictions in this, but I reckon Starfield is going to have a cyberpunk level revival and come back into the fold and be worth picking up again. And that was part of the reason I put it down was that I want them to perfect it before I devote any more time to it. I hear you. And it's something that if they dangled the carrot in front of me and was like, hey, try this, I'll try it. Yeah. But still, doesn't take away from the fact that it was a game I played for maybe 20 hours. Yeah. And then I was like, fuck this. Yeah, I mean, compared to, you know, their other Fallout and, uh, geez, what's the other, Skyrim, yeah. you know, their attempt in going to, into the, you know, sci-fi kind of industry niche or, you know, genre, yeah, it was, it had its moments, but yeah, fair, good call. Agreed, yeah, perfect summation. Well, there you have it, gamers. Um, that's next, episode two. That's episode two. And I think next week we'll get back to a little bit more of here's this game, here's a review, yeah. here's the rating, that loose rating system that we've invented. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I've got a few games in mind. I'm keen for it. All right, well, don't be an NPC. And keep leveling up. See you next time.